It's time for the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. This is the show for all you recruitment marketing rebels out there who are done with posting, prey, and recruitment funnels. Are you ready to bring real change to talent acquisition? Come for the voice of the candidate and stay for the snark. It's time for real talk from the front lines of the talent revolution with your hosts, Alin Bailey and Tracy Parsons. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? I am continuing to progress. I'm I'm pressing forward as that's that's what we're doing these days. Making it making it happen. Doing it. Doing the best I can. Yeah. Doing moment by moment. So um, uh, people probably have noticed because I'm assuming our great and vast fan base has noticed (laughs) huge, huge, right? Has noticed that we've been a little quiet for the last couple of weeks. so uh, we should probably give them kind of a, a, a snapshot. Guess what, everybody? The world is on lockdown. <laughs> if you were unaware, at this moment in time, if you're going, it's almost like a time capsule. If you're going to go is. back and listen to this podcast five years from now, because we know it will be archived as gold. Totally. Yeah. When you go and do it, just know that this one was recorded during the Corona apocalypse. Yes. We're, we're all in our homes, um, hopefully, um, social distancing ourselves. And some of us um, have been having an easier time of it than others. Um, I know, Tracy, you have not been feeling great. Um, I have not been feeling great. I have had a um, one-month-plus fever. So it's been super cool. It has not been super cool. Or the totally opposite. Of, or yeah, the it, opposite. Has been, it has been... A absolute an absolute shit show. So um, you know, I and I did. I, I posted on yeah. LinkedIn, and everybody, you know, people know that you and I are pretty yeah. frequent posters on social. And I just went dark, and I had a couple of people reach out to me like, "Is everything okay?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" People actually, I don't even understand why. Look for me, or yeah. or what it turned out is they noticed I wasn't there, which yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wait a second. There's this cadence that seems to be broken. Where'd she go? So I wrote a post on LinkedIn about empathy and why it's really important to not just think about taking care of yourself, which is really, really important right now. You know, you've got to protect yourself and your family. Yep. Um, But you also have to be thinking about other people's experiences, and and that's what's um, that's what's kept me quiet. And I'm not uh, I'm not really sure what to do. And I think that, um, you know, I'm recovering as best as I can. Um, I sure would like to have a registered normal temperature for more than, you know, three hours. Um, but you know what, I have a great support system and I'm wildly privileged to be able to work from home. Um, and there's that too, right? So there's, there's all this, there's all this emotional guilt around people, people taking care of me people mm-hmm. worrying about me and I'm not like that doesn't that doesn't go well with me so I am uh I'm quiet <laughs> I'm quiet so poor Lynn has, oh, are you feeling better this week <laughs> like I just can't well, get out no. of bed and and by the way only because I'm worried about you I'm like oh I my know God. I'm strived I you're you are on my high level of stress radar I'm like what oh, is Jesus. going on well because you know I I am a um I have that that nursing 
desire in me. I can't help it. It just comes from, um, you know, as many people know, I have to deal with that a lot at home anyway. And so I just, I am constantly, I mean, if I ask my husband or anybody else how they're feeling more than 50 times a day, uh-huh. it's like, you know, people wonder what, what's going on with me. So it's just what I do. How are you yeah. doing? How can I help you? What meds can I come out of my our med box and send you? We've got all sorts of stuff here. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> so, no, I have been, I have to tell you, this has been, I get it. Um, this is, I did not realize, I work from home all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, you know, I love having that. We have one, one daughter. I love having her at home as well. My husband's usually at home. So I thought this isn't going to feel all that different. Um, and then I realized it was much more, much different, more different than I thought it was going to be. It is. Um, and I, and my levels of um, stress were higher than I thought they were going to be. They are so high, Tracy. There were several yes. podcasts that I ended up canceling because I got so stressed out that I um, messed up my jaw. Like I was, I was tensing oh. my teeth so much and I, I basically put my jaw out of whack and it just hurts so Aww. bad. Oh, I know. And then, I mean, for me, like, so it hurt to talk. Can you believe it hurt for you to talk? That's alarming. Okay. So very alarming for the world. I'm like, oh my God, I can't talk. It hurts. Um, so now I just take large doses of muscle relaxers when I sleep so I don't grind my teeth. Is that, I mean, this is just like ridiculous. Well, and it's funny because we're in the same boat, right? So I work from home. My husband works from home. We work for the same company, work for ourselves. Our son, we, we, we raised him, you know, to school age together, all together. So this, we were, we were laughing at the beginning of like, we've been training for this our whole lives. Like this is not right. unusual. And a couple weeks in, everybody was kind of prickly and everybody was kind of grouchy. And we finally realized what it was what was driving this. And apparently our family likes to have the option. We like yeah. to have the option to do something. We don't necessarily want to go do something, but we like to be able to have the option to do something. And that is like, and then we were feeling guilty about the privilege that that holds, right? There's just this inherent privilege of, well, I would like to have the option, right? Oh, <laughs> go after yourselves, Parsons. So we finally, we, we finally kind of got around all that. And that's, all of this has been exposing so many fractures, you know, globally, societally, politically, work. It's just, it's, it's, it's traumatizing. It, it is. It is. I mean, I, I am, um, it's so interesting. I, I, I watch even our habits of how we, so we're a very news oriented family. Anyway, we always have been, I'm a, I've been a news junkie like for most of my life. I used to be in the political science realm. So I spend way too much time mm -hmm. watching, watching political news um, and getting irritated by it, but that's just what I do. Um, and then mm -hmm. my husband, you know, uh, you know, for the, um, gosh, oh my God, we've been together for so long, almost 20 years now. Uh -huh. um, he has now gotten addicted to it as well. So add on like a crisis or something that's like the TV's on 24 hours a day. Right. And so, and, and at first that was like just getting information and I was trying to understand everything and, um, and I don't trust any, any news. So I watch like five different channels to find out what's really going on. And then I go and search it up and it's like, it becomes obsessive. Right. right. And I realized we were doing that. And then all of a sudden I realized we're just, it, we have, we had, we had, uh, everything had become a stressor. Everything had become a, um, uh, a, I, I didn't know who to trust. I don't know what information is real anymore. Um, people who I thought were rational and re and, and like, you know, 
really smart people were doing things that made me, you know, just want to shiver and weren't even noticing that something was going on outside around them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like really helpful people who would say things to me like, oh, I know you guys have to stay, stay at home. I'll go and um, get all your groceries for you and bring them to you. Right. And my immediate instinct was, but you shouldn't do it either. <laughs> right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's exposed all of these new, like um, I'm apparently an anxiety driven um, stressed person who is looking at the world around me and realizing that none of it is equal or fair or working the way I'm supposed to be. Yes. Which leads us to what we wanted to talk about, which is both of us in our own ways to part of this silence has been because the, the world has made us be silent because we either haven't been feeling well or we've been hurting or we've been stressed, but it's also silence because I have been really at a loss for what to say. Um, and yep. what, I, I don't know um, what to do. And sometimes when we talk about things on our podcast and um, even when we talk about things at work, um, you know, they feel so important. They feel like they're so urged, like, like these are really, I'm passionate about the work that we do. Um, yet even now, as I think about talking about the importance of building relationships and connecting with people and all these things, which I really am very passionate about, it feels irrelevant to me in the world that we're in. Like, like there's like, it's like, we're all churning around on cylinders, um, just moving and going through the paces um, and missing the point of what we're supposed to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say because there's nothing that we could say. And my <laughs> my husband and I go on a uh, usually a daily walk when I'm feeling up to it and we'll go for a walk and have adult conversations because we're business owners together. We've been married for 25 years next month. Mm-hmm. And I know, right? And so we don't want to bore the poor 13-year-old in the house with all these boring ass grown-up conversations. So we'll go for a walk. And I was talking to Steve and I was like, hey, you know, what's really bugging me? I finally, I finally figured out what's really bugging me. It's that there's, there's this lack of uh, community first. It's, it's, it's been very laid bare that it's me first. Um, I care about what I need and what I want to do and me, 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 as opposed to greater good. And I, I, that's troubling to me. <laughs> My husband in his infinite wisdom looks at me and he's like, I love that that's what you want to solve, Tracy. (laughs) And I know that you have no capacity to solve small problems. But I'm going to ask you, in this time when you are not feeling well and we are trapped in our house, to focus on little things to fix. Like, like, I don't know. Yes, could we figure out a way to take broad-based empathy approaches to the world and distill it and bake it into all the humans? Sure. We could probably work that out in the next 100 years. But for the next two weeks, maybe just focus on like something little that you can actually control and fix. (laughs) He's like, I love that you want to change the way world, the world of work works. I know that you want to change the, the, the fundamental relationship between uh, job between employees and employers. I get that you want to do these big, cool things. And I think that that's awesome. And it's one of the reasons that I love you, but it might be a good idea for you to just take a minute and focus on the things that you could actually like, like, and today's the perfect example. You know what I'm doing today? I'm doing laundry because I can actually impact the cleanliness of my clothes. Oh, very good. 
Very good. I get that. But as you're saying all of this, I, I, I'll tell you what, what, because I have, it's so funny. We must have um, similar husbands. This, he has similar conversations with me. I, I will tell you what I've been thinking. That, that saying, never let a crisis go to waste, keeps running through my head. I feel like that there is this opportunity. I did this really interesting, and it, here's what sparked it. I did this really interesting um, uh, recorded uh interview webcast session thing for um a, a summit on remote work okay um and they asked me to do it and i was like okay whatever i, I mean I, I said okay whatever i mean it sounds bad like i was being but yes i was like okay i can do i mean i'm sure if you want to interview me about remote work go ahead but i don't know anything about it and then i realized an hour into the interview i have a lot to say on this topic mm -hmm. I, I have a lot to say on uh, because it isn't about remote work. It's about how people work together and how people engage and what it means to be, to treat employees with respect and to build uh, and to learn how to build relationships across distance. And I realized as I was having this conversation that there's this opportunity in the world right now to really have a deeper, if we could get everybody out of their individual stress ball, which they're in, to have a deeper conversation that may actually propel us to think differently about how people work and how we engage with work and how we connect with people. And to me, that's like this big thing we could do. But then I then I start to think that's way too big and you can't you can't tackle it. But if we don't do it now, when do we do it? So then well, I that's stressed. But then you see, but then you see the news every week it's another five million people out of work. Right. And so how are we going to impact that if if we have 20 million people out of work and and what what I fear? And again, I am not a fear based person. In fact, I have um, an, an, a longstanding rule that was born out of dropping out of life, which is a whole nother story. I dropped out of life for six months. <clears throat> so I do have a history of going quiet when things go crazy. Um, but I dropped out of life for six months and the outcome of that was a, a lifelong rule for myself to never make decisions based in fear ever. So if I'm faced with a decision and one of those the choices might be the better choice, but it's scary, I have to eliminate the scary element of that and make a choice that it's that that may that is fear neutral. Right. And so but right now I'm sensing my fear ratcheting up because of all this shit that's going on. And it's, it's very clear that a lot of companies were living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And that's concerning to me um, that we have 20 million displaced people who are not having an income who still have bills. And all I am afraid of is that we are going to go back 15 years, 10 years, and say, oh yeah, we we they need them. They need us more than we need them. Like I I've I've sensed and heard some people leaders saying, whew, finally there's going to be a there's going to be a, you know we're going to be in the power position again." Oh yeah, and that makes me perfectly furious. That makes me want to run away from the entire industry. <laughs> oh, I, I completely agree. I've been seeing drippings of this as well. I've been hearing it. I've, I've been hearing it in. Um, professional conversations I've been having, which has been making me want to go insane. And yeah. it's, a, it's an undertone. Nobody's saying it directly. No. Right? But no. you hear this like, oh, we're going to have to focus in, right? Right. Um, we're going to have to 
prioritize to um, efforts that are immediately um, attainable, right? These are all buzzwords for let's all take our list out and do the things that are transactional and manageable. And maybe it is almost, and I'm making a connection here. You know how you're talking about how when everything gets overwhelming, you have, have developed a mechanism that allows you to zero in on the things that you can control at that moment? Yeah. Even at an industry or an enterprise level, uh, at a company level, there is this desire now to want to move into the things that you're immediately controllable, right? The more yeah. transactional, the more focused on um, uh, data and the less focused on people, which are messy, right? Mm-hmm. The easier it is to control and the easier it is to manage and you can feel like you're doing something, right? Um, yes. And it's going to, you're right, it's a, it's. Uh, in the long run, I think that's going to hurt us dramatically. Well, I was so impressed. I have this, I have this one incredible customer and they're in an industry that is not really going to be hurt by, by this situation. I mean, they're, they're, they are still hiring people. They're hiring a lot of people, but the first, my customer, who's the, you know, the head of TA over there, um, when everything started to go crazy, uh, she called me. She's like, first of all, how are you? Are you, you know, are, is your fever gone? I was like, no, it is not gone. <laughs> Thank you. Can you stop bringing this up? I'll let, <laughs> trust me, the world will know when this fever is over. <laughs> the world will know. Um, but her first question was like, okay, Tracy, it's it, we're ready to focus on internal mobility. It's time. Um, because it's time for us to remind our people that we want to take care of them first. And when I hear my own customers talking like that, I know they're on the right track. And it makes me proud to be working with people like this because their number one focus was if we have to shift resources from one place to another because some contract goes away, I want to shift those resources that we've already paid to attract, that we already know work for us, that we already care about. And I, and I really am grateful for that. And her second step was to talk to me about transferable skills. And she was like, so all the people in the hospitality industry, all the people in the restaurant space, they have transferable skills. We need to start getting social content out to those people to bring them into our roles because they haven't been thought of in this way. They haven't been thought of as like, we need um, people, people, like people that are really comfortable working with the public. And yeah, if you've been a server for the last four months or four years, you could probably take those transferable skills to a different role. And so I was encouraged initially, you know, hearing her immediate focus on taking care of the people that work for us first and make sure that they have an ability to grow their career with us. And then how do we help people that have been displaced? That gives me hope. It gives me a huge amount of hope. I, but I love she, that. But I love that it was, what can I control, right? right? And what can I impact? Well, I can impact the people that work for me today, right? My number one job, even, and she's in TA, she's not in HR. I mean, she's in HR, but she's, she's in talent acquisition. And so her job in my, most people's mind's eye is acquiring new talent. But her focus was on the talent that she's already required, acquired and making sure that they know that we have your back. We, we have a place for you. And I, I'm encouraged by that. I, 
I and love that. I love discouraged that. by other things, but I think when when you can't when when you're paralyzed by the fear or the anxiety or the stress, when you don't know what to do, how do you know what to do? What to do? You you focus on the things that you can directly control, and I love that she did that. Um, and yeah. and you know that that is that is that is remarkable. And the other thing, so that forced me to think, okay, well, that's interesting. What can I do? Right. And I own my own business. There is an element of my daily activity that is around sales and meeting new people and looking for new opportunities. In fact, every Tuesday I have a calendar reminder that says work the 2020 sales plan. And every Tuesday at nine o'clock when that pops up, I just, after I pick myself up off the floor from laughing, that there is no plan this year. <laughs> that you're, you're stinking calendar. Invite. And I don't want to take it off, right? I don't want to take the calendar invite off um, there because it, it brings me so much joy, right? To just laugh like hell like that. I'm like, okay, that's a good one. Um, but then I started thinking about, okay, well, what would this customer do? And so what I did was I've just doubled down on all of my customers that I'm engaged with. Right. I mean, is this in my scope? No. Do I care? No. That's right. I'm making, I'm making their lives easier. Right. And that will work out in the long run. Right. It's so funny that I, I love what you just said about doubling down where you're already, um, where you're already connected. Yeah. Um, I, I've been finding myself doing the same thing. I have a, um, uh, I started this, I came back, I, you probably remember I came back from sabbatical, um, I don't know. It feels like, like years ago, but apparently it was only like a few months ago. I know that's um, weird. Right. Right. Um, and I was feeling a little lost then too. I've been in this, like, this has just been a weird year, right? Like, okay, now I've been, <laughs> I had this big project and then I'm gone and now I'm back. And what do I, what am I going to focus on? And, um, uh, oh my God, the world didn't stop moving while I was gone for two months. How is that possible? I, <laughs> why did they just keep moving? I, and without my direction. Oh my God. I know. Thank you very happened? much. That's just mean. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I was like, okay. And I had to like absorb myself back in and say, what am I going to focus on? Right. Um, and what I did was I, I took out a piece of paper and I uh, made it into six boxes. So just like, you know, two lines down the middle, one in yeah. the boxes. And I put one word in each box and said, this is the stuff that for me is important. This is the stuff that for me is important. And it has very simple things in it, right? Like it has, one has a picture of the infinity loop on it, right? Another one is a very personal one and it says balance, right? I realized that while I was, I, I needed more balance. Um, uh, I had this idea that was in my head at the moment around nurturing by moments and I'm still very interested. Anyway, I have a series of things, that, like six little things on my list. And I, and I pinned it up and it's on my board and every once in a while I look at it, but really I just went about my daily business and forgot about it. And this, this whole thing came up again. And um, in the midst of it, of course, as you're mentioning, one of the first things that happens in big companies or in any company is everybody starts to want to reorganize the priorities, right? Uh -huh. And given the nature of my work, whenever anybody wants to reorganize priorities, um, my world goes into holy shit, right? Because nine chances out of 10, I'm never anybody's top priority. I've pushed my way in the door, right? <laughs> Yes. Right. I mean, everything I've done has been about convincing them that they really do want me to do this. It's really Correct, important, yes. right? Right. I wouldn't and, think. 
it, right. And when and when you actually shine a flashlight on it and they let their inner soul come out, their inner soul says, eh, maybe not. Maybe later. <laughs> right? uh -huh. You're not a priority for Which means all these doors start shutting on me, right? All this stuff uh -huh. that I, I feel like I'm making traction on. And it sends me into this like swirl of, oh my God. I'm going to lose all this traction. What am I going to focus on? How are we going to do this? And I picked back up. I didn't pick back up. I looked back up at this um, piece of paper I had, and I realized, okay, where is the door still open? Whether, mm. whether it's a door that I thought I wanted or not, right? Mm -hmm. And how can I use that door with these people in this moment to focus on these things that I said were important? What, what, what would I do in that space? And they weren't my plan. That's not how I intended to make things happen. I, I didn't intend to drive. I'll tell you very honestly, I have a very big strategy around how I want to move into this idea of programmatic nurturing, for example. It's like this big concept I have in my head. It's going to take, you know, a year or so to get there, this big plan. And so I've got the architecture going for it. Well, that's just been ripped to shreds, right? Because I'm not going to get there. There's not going to be any funding for new technology or anything mm -mm. like that, right? Mm -mm. Um, but I do have this forum that I have to, that I have, I'm sorry, I have to be careful how I say this, that I am facilitating, um, because I love facilitating groups of people. Um, <laughs> you are an excellent facilitator. If you don't, if you've not, if you've not been facilitated by Elaine, you are missing out. I know, but this wasn't, anyway, so sometimes I get grouped into these things that are not necessarily on my priority list. So anyway, that's okay. And I thought, oh my goodness, but this group of people, how do I get them to start thinking about this? And how do we take their ideas and start to nurture them in this space? And I realized, oh my goodness, I could take these same ideas, just approach it in a different way and, mm -hmm. and, and balance it in the world that we're in today, right? Because the world is not about how do I make, um, you know, how do I make a experienced, um, uh, experienced tech females, um, you know, feel like um, I have an inclusive environment. Those are important things. Really, the world is much more about today. How do I allow people to know that they can still do something of value in a world that's gone to shit? Right. Uh -huh. And uh, <laughs> by the way, that should be somebody's tagline next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and and we can take these moments and 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 move them forward. And I guess my I am rambling on because this is what I've been doing for weeks now. It's just rambling on in concepts. But what I'm trying to say is, I think if you have a root vision or um, something that that drives you, a fundamental piece, if you can tap back into that and realize it may not be the way you planned to move it forward, but take a deep breath, get over being you know, it's not happening the way I want it to. Um, I had my little temper tantrum. Um, you know, I stomped my feet a little bit, took a deep breath, and then went, okay, from where I'm at, from the seat I'm in right now, facing the world that I'm in right now, what can I do? Um, yeah. And even if it feels like it's not a lot, it's something. Um, right. You could do the laundry. Right. I need to do the laundry. I mean, gosh, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking, damn, I need to do the laundry. I also need to do the dishes. None of these things are things I want to do. Oh, my God. Who is tired of doing the damn dishes? Oh, Seriously. Dear oh, dear Lord. Do you know how bad I oh, – see, I'm just, this is – now I'm going into my, like, way Yeah, but, Lynn, our dishwasher blew up this oh, week. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Oh, so for the last – tomorrow's, tomorrow's Steve Parsons' birthday. Uh -huh. And for the last three birthdays, he's gotten the worst presents of all time. This is getting a dishwasher? Is that what he got he a dishwasher this year. 
Um, last year, he got a puppy that he didn't want. And the year before that, um, we, we bought a horse for our son. So his, his <laughs> Steve Parsons' birthdays are terrible. And yes, I know getting a horse for your birthday is the most pretentious thing I've ever said. And I recognize that it is the stupidest thing in the world that I, I, I have a horse. So, yeah. How dare you? I know. It's, it's okay. It's I was so just going to, I was, I was just going to complain about the fact that I have to do the dishes because I'm, um, uh, I, I am paying the maids because I feel like they need to have yeah. something to fall back on, but I can't have them in the house. So I have to do the work myself and that irritates me. Boy, am I such a bitch. That's horrible. It's not. It's not. You've outsourced it. You just can't take advantage of the outsourcing. But thank you for continuing to pay your people. And I continue to pay my people. And I just found out that one of my people um, oh. got sick and oh. she's real sick. Um, so oh, no, we're saying no. prayers for her. Yeah, no, no, it's cuckoo. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's un, it's unprecedented. I know that word gets used a lot, but this is truly, I hadn't seen anything like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is new. You know, and I think it's okay for everybody just to say, this is just weird. I don't like, and, and to say, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it's it. I don't good. like it. I am uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable as I was going back to my, like, as I watched the news in the middle of the night when, you know, things are going haywire here and I, I have to sit up and I'm, and I turn on BBC world. Um, oh. oh my God. Right. Yeah, and I'm watching it was, Oh my God. I have to, because I like, it's an obsession. Oh. And then I, and you know, and I read the ticker, you should have seen, did you see the, on the scene now? So I'll go off. Did you a couple of weeks ago? Right. Um, this one set me off for an entire, like seven hours until they went on with the full story. Um, they just ran across the ticker that, um, they were they uh, one of the tigers in um, the Brooklyn Zoo was yeah. diagnosed with COVID, right? Sure. But of course, they run it down the screen on BBC World at like two o'clock in the morning, and nobody runs the full story until like the next day. And the mm -hmm. story is horrible, right? By the mm -hmm. way, this is horrible news. But I, of course, now have all that time between two a.m. and seven a.m. to ponder worst case scenarios in my head. Right. I'm thinking, oh, my God, the animals are all going to go rabbit and take over. Right. I mean, like this, my mind. Goes, <laughs> right. See, I'm just pissed that the tiger could get tested. <laughs> Honest to God, I've been trying to get a test for well over a month. Nobody will test me because I don't fit the criteria. I'm non-essential or whatever the case may be. <laughs> and they, like, they tested a goddamn tiger in the, <laughs> in the zoo. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> They're like, so, Sorry, that was my that was my going off on a tangent. But yes, they, yeah. they tested the tiger, and yes, the tigers are going to go rampant and take over everything. And and you know that's just what we're going to have. I've always wanted a tiger. Oh my god! <laughs> have you been watching? Kidding. I don't really want a tiger. <laughs> I know now. I'm immediately, like, have you watched the Tiger King? So I've been told by my husband who watched it. Not that it is not for me. <laughs> it probably. <laughs> now, what's interesting is as I watched it, I thought. Huh, Tracy would think this is hilarious. But no. Then, no, not the animal piece, but like the people piece. I can, you, there are, anyway, we're off on a complete different tangent. So what can I control? I can control um, the fact that I am now um, watching, I, I instead of watching the news, I'm watching really bad um, documentaries. Okay. Documentaries on, okay. on TV, right? But yeah. it, we have to and look at Shit's right. Creek, which you which you've <gasps> just confessed to discovering. I'm so excited about for discovering that. How did I not uh -huh. know this existed? I'm like it's we're binge watching it in the middle so of the So you you can control what you view. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. You control what you view, control what you do. And, um, you know, you can also control the self-talk. Yes. I, 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 figuring out how to give yourself a little bit of a, a break, right? Yes. Um, and, and realize it is not normal times. There is a, um, you're not just working at the moment. You're working in the middle of a world crisis. Oh yeah. Give yourself you're existing, a, trying to work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So give yourself yeah. A pause well, and that, that was, but I do want to take my hat off. Like I do want to give an epic hat tip to the people who are really doing stuff like who, who are not paralyzed. Like Lars is changing the world and Susan Strayer Lamott is changing the world. Like these people are out there not thriving, but they're, they're really out there helping people. And I'm so inspired by them and I admire them. I'm so impressed by them that they have 100% said, Oh gosh, this is terrible. Well, let's rally. I'm so impressed by the ralliers. Like I'm so impressed by the people who are just like, all right, this is a shit show. Let's make it better. So hats off to you guys. I'm so, I, I'm just in awe of what they're doing. And I'm so proud that people are out there doing it. And when I think about like, okay, we have 20 million displaced workers. Um, and our job, Alin, is connecting those displaced workers to opportunities and relationships at companies. So if I'm going to give one bit of pandemic advice, (laughs) (laughs) this is the one bit of pandemic advice I have, and it's been pretty consistent uh, throughout my experience is that this is the first time that it's never been more important to lead with empathy. People are afraid People are anxious. People are stressed. Please don't sell them anything. Please acknowledge their feelings. Please listen to them. They are telling us things all the time. And if we are going to send out any communications in this period, it needs to be very much couched in empathy, in understanding how afraid and anxious and stressed people are, and giving them some semblance of hope. That's it. That's all I can say. In our jobs, if we can do that, if that's the only thing we do while we're quarantined and locked down, we can look back at ourselves with pride. That was very profound. Oh, thank you. It was. But did it give you the feels? It did. It gave me the feels. I know. I have the feels, too. I have, But I've had the feels for like a month now. It's crazy. Apparently... Elevated temperature in me is directly correlated with feels. Wow. I know. All the feels. All the time. All the feels. All the feels. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'll just, my, my son will walk into room. He's like, mom, are you crying? I was like, yes. <laughs> mom, what are you crying Hi. about? I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, Tracy, as we're thinking about that, and I, and yeah. this is not, a, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, so for all the you listeners, you can obviously realize we just start riffing and go off into a, a pan, but then. What can we do to help people do that? How so? So here's if if I think about what your your message, and I think it's right, yeah. and I and I think it's 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 the right thing, um, and I think about what we can do to help make that happen for people. Mm-hmm. 
what can we do to help make that happen for people? How do we help people? I mean, I guess part of the conversation around picking ourselves up and figuring out how to get unstuck is helpful, but sure. how, what, what can we do? Um, and I'm asking legitimately because I don't have an idea yet, um, but I want to ponder that. I feel like there's something, um, there's something we can do there to help people who are saying, I want to do that. Um, I'm stuck in an environment where maybe I feel like I don't have the ability to control it right away. Um, I, I want to figure out how to be more real. Um, what can we do to help them be more real? So I, I think that, and I, I told this to a customer yesterday, um, because they were, they're, they're doing something very simple. They're rewriting all of their ATS communications to be on brand and friendly and empathetic, right? Oh, did I lose you? Okay. Um, which is, hooray, right? We need that. That's a big deal. So what we've, what I told her is that if you really want to get the right tone and get the right voice, you have to ask yourself, would I click on this? Right? When you read something that you've written to a candidate, you have to remember the time that you were a candidate and how terrible it was. And you have to ask yourself, would I click on that? And if the answer is no, then you do it again. It's it's that it's that simple, like it's that basic moment of empathy, like. Oh, would I click on that? And I was just helping a, a customer write a disposition. So when I was talking about doubling down on something, my client was like, "Hey, this this disposition letter is terrible. I've heard you. I've heard you preach. I've heard you talk. I, we we need to make this better, right? And and help us make it better. And it can be that simple. So when you when you're communicating with anybody you have to put yourself in their position. And if you do that, which apparently is harder than I uh, assume, yep. um, I think that's the hard part um, to draw on that personal experience of being in those, in being in those shoes. But I mean, it's, it's something as, as simple of when you're rejecting somebody, you, you tell me they, right. that we, we think you're great. Right. And I have to tell you, from a very pragmatic perspective, besides it being the right thing to do for people, which it, which it really is, you know, this is a, one of the very first things that, that we did, that we did it about so seven months ago or so, um, completely mm -hmm. rewrote those dispositions that come out of the ATS. And mm -hmm. um, if we go back now and look at our survey data that's coming back to us, um, yeah. it is the most commented on thing that we hear from people that said, yeah, I got your notice and it, it, it was, rel I mean, thank you, right? People, people are actually going out of their way to um, write open-ended comments that talk about the fact that the disposition um, wasn't a piece of crap, right? So that's how yes. important. And the bar is so low there, right? Right. Like, I, and I think that that, like, if, if we really <laughs> take the last 40 minutes <laughs> out and rolled it up into one, one pro tip, 
just go back and look at your little stuff. Like this is low hanging fruit minute. This is the minute where everybody's hit the pause button. We've got jobs on hold. We've got people that are being furloughed. We've got people that are being laid off. Great. We've got a pause button in recruiting and sourcing. Go back and start reading all of your communications. Is it on brand? Is it kind? Is it thoughtful? It goes back to those things that we keep teaching elementary school and middle schoolers. Like, is it thoughtful? Is it helpful? Is it insightful? Is it, you know, all of those things. Um, if it's not, do it again, right? And it's so, so like one of, the, one of the things that I like that we wrote in the, this disposition that we changed was we're so impressed with your skills and experience. Even if you're not, well, who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah, how, how are you hurting somebody by saying that? Right. And we had so many great candidates for this job. It was challenging to make some choices, but we had to choose. Right. Right. This is just reminding them that this is, that we can't hire everybody. Right. And we still think you're great. And we're so proud that you noticed us. Right. It's, it's, you guys, it's now is the moment to tackle the simple stuff and to tackle it with humanity. That's right. So, so sit back for a moment. Everybody go take it, take it, take a deep breath and say, okay, the world is in a shit show, right? Everything yeah. feels out of control. We understand that. We're there too. We don't know what to do. Everything is overwhelming around us. Figure out the things that are most important to you. Um, what is the thing, what's your lasting moment? The thing that is most important to you for this world to understand. I agree. I think right now it's about empathy, connection and feeling and being real with people, mm -hmm. authenticity and, um, and, and being humans, right? Connecting at a human level. Um, and then look at what you're actually able to do. What is the project you're working on that's right in front of you right now? When you open up your desktop or the meeting you're getting ready to have right now, what is it that project about and how do you bring that message into it, right? Yes. How do you make it more real, authentic, human? Um, how do you help um, influence the organization through that project, that thing you're on right there? And can we start to create a, um, uh, a, a sense of momentum, trickle-down effect, right? Or not trickle-down, but you know what I mean. Dropping, yes. right? The, the, one little drop at a time and we can start to, to impact it. Um, as simple as, uh, for, for those of you in corporate gigs out there, as simple as um, start by taking a look at uh, uh, the PowerPoints that you're writing, the meetings that you're in, and then because people will start to notice that, then you have the opportunity to influence them to say, you know, see how that made you feel? Why don't we go and take a look at our disposition messages? Mm -hmm. Why don't we take this moment um, and go and look at um, – uh, this this great uh, campaign that you're getting ready to run from an attraction perspective to build our pipeline and decide whether is this is really the time um, to do that or is there a different message that we need to be talking to people about and will that will that last us longer and be more resonating with people over time and how can and how can where, where can we double down where can we double down it's time to double down people yeah double down on what matters absolutely Okay. Well, this was almost therapeutic for me. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. I have missed you. I'm hoping that so much. I know you have a, um, you have a package on the way, by the way. Um, Ooh, so. I love prizes. I know you have prizes, prizes <laughs> on the way, but you know, so if a prize shows up, you know where it came from. Awesome. Um, I'll be sure to, I'll be sure to lick the packaging. <laughs> Oh my God. You're so hilarious. Um, <laughs> 
you know, everybody out there, we have so much fun. We enjoy having these conversations. We hope you enjoy listening to them as well. You can reach out to Tracy at T Parsons on the Twitter. And if she's not hiding in her bed, shivering from a fever, she'll answer you. Um, <laughs> True story. True story. Um, or you can reach out to me at Alin Bailey. Um, and if I'm not in a depressive state, then I might pick up my phone and respond as well. But I probably will. And <laughs> We would love to talk to you and hear your thoughts and comments. What are, you know, get real. Tell us what you're struggling with. Let's have a real conversation. We have a big, um, our huge fan base out there. Right. <laughs> Epic. Epic. has the opportunity to connect together and um, let's, let's share in this moment and not, um, uh, we are socially distanced. We're not mentally distanced. Yes, and tell me what you guys are doing when you don't know what to do, because I, I can always it. use more things to do. Yeah, give us your thoughts. Um, please don't tell me to vacuum, though. That's all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> Love y'all. We will talk Love to you soon. Be well, stay safe. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Um, Tracy and I, as always, had a fabulous time um, chatting this week. We hope you had a good time listening. If you did, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and and family even. That'd be awesome. Um, You can reach us and listen to us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podbean, just about any place you can find podcasts. We're there, RM Rebelcast. Um, You can also reach out directly to Tracy and myself. We'd love to chat with you. You can reach me at Alin Bailey on the Twitters or reach Tracy at T Parsons. Have a fabulous week, everybody, and stay safe. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together 
through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.